limp on in here. What happened to you, like, love? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is embarrassing. Hello there, and welcome to Be My Guest, a podcast about the flavors that take us back and the memories they stir up. I'm your host, Kara Shinovsky, and I literally did a spit take while I was editing this episode the other day. I'm talking water all over my laptop. That's how funny my conversation with today's guest, Sierra, was. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited. I haven't had this dish that you're making since I was a child. So, oh boy. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay. No pressure. Don't, don't get too excited. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we'll already let you know that it's, I mean, it's as authentic as I could get in Berlin. And luckily, I actually have made it before a few times, not successfully most of the time. But today, I think it was pretty successful. So, let's see. Side note Sierra also happens to be one of the most beautiful people I think I've ever met. And I did promise her I would say that, but it's also the truth. Originally from California and many other places around the USA, Sierra was eager to drop by to chat about a traditional Louisiana dish that, I'm not going to lie, also happens to be one of my absolute favorites. I discovered the podcast that you're doing. And I love how when I mentioned it, you were like, oh, hey, can I come on? Oh, shameless. And then I asked you, I had to ask you the word I should make. But when you said gumbo, it was like, definitely come through because it's also one of my favorite things ever. I have to admit, Sierra's story was nothing like I expected it to be coming into the episode, but it certainly did not disappoint. So pull up a chair and dig in to this delicious conversation with Sierra. How did you end up here in Berlin at my table? I think I have a very classic Berlin story. So I came here to do a course. It was a design and motion graphics course. And it was supposed to be seven months. I don't know, three months into it, I met my boyfriend who he's a Berliner, you know, born and raised kind of guy. And I kind of moved into his place and thought, yeah, I think I'll stay. (laughs) This is a classic story. It's the classic Berlin. (laughs) I, I have a similar story, except I came with my then boyfriend now husband but yeah it was like oh i'm just here for a little bit and then here i am here yeah years later years later (laughs) it just kind of rolled into oh a few more months a few more months oh now i'm letting my sublet go in new york and like now i live here oh (laughs) i did the same i had the sublet for two years you know kind of like oh i'm sure i'll go back to seattle it'll definitely happen and then it's, yeah, I, my boyfriend and I live together. I have no intention of going back home. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Berlin's awesome. The food scene's really good. It's low key. I think you could walk outside in a paper bag and no one would even look at you, which I love. I know. <laughs> I know, right? In your pajamas, you see people naked sometimes. And it's always when I have visitors from like out of town that we just roll up <laughs> on somebody walking down the street or like on the train naked. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be like, oh, that never happens, but it does. So <laughs> but it, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. I just say like to the Germans, like, Gohotatsu, like, yeah. it's a part of it. Exactly. It's like, included. <laughs> you came from Seattle, yeah. right? So did you go to Seattle after California directly or... What have been your stops? Oof, where to begin? My upbringing is a bit like non-traditional. So my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses, um, which is it, for more or less, it's a doomsday cult, if you will. Um, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a bit of an intense one. Um, but so I lived mostly with my dad growing up and I would kind of go stay with my mom sometimes. But my dad was 
living outside of the law, we'll say. So we moved around a lot. Every time he would get into some trouble, we would jump ship and go. <laughs> and this was the 90s. So it was a bit easier to yeah. just like, okay, new just life. Disappear. <laughs> yeah. Just disappear. <laughs> Many times, I mean, I remember coming home and everything was in garbage bags. And they were like, okay, we're leaving. Yeah, really intense kind of. So we lived in, I'm born in California, but we've lived in California, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, Florida, uh, Washington. Yeah, we've kind of been all over. <laughs> it was like really like a, a tour yeah. of the U.S. Yeah, exactly. That's why when people say, where are you from? It's to me, depending on the context, I'm like Seattle, California, Florida. You know, I have. Yeah, it's like different chapters of my life in each place, I would say. Why did you decide to come to Berlin? Were you like looking at this particular graphic design program or like was there something about Berlin that drew you in? Yeah. So I came to Berlin the first time when I was 19, just, you know, doing a trip with friends and we just happened to come to Berlin. And I just thought it was the coolest city. It reminded me of a European New York. Like I thought there was just so much happening. I, I didn't move here for the beauty, obviously, just like New York. That's not why you go there. Yeah. But I mean, any given day, you can go to a great restaurant. You can go to like a cultural show. You could see the opera. You can meet friends at a park. You can kind of just do anything here. So then when I was 27, so it had been you know years uh, since I first come here, I was having kind of a moment in Seattle where I realized I can't afford rent. <laughs> I can't afford to live here. I broke my arm. Also, my 27th birthday, I was at a hockey game and I was trying to like slide down a staircase railing and I fell and just broke my arm. Yeah. My life is just a series of these like, this is my, my How do you fault. get injured watching the game? <laughs> Literally. I wasn't in the game just broke my arm. Um, and I was bartending at the time at this really cool Lebanese restaurant. But I realized like, my job security was gone. I had a broken arm. I couldn't do anything. And so I kind of had this moment of like, it's now or never. I need to switch gears. And if I can't afford rent, I want to change my life. I always low key wanted to live in Europe. That was it was just the time. It was like, OK, if I, I have no boyfriend, I have no kids. Let's just go. And and on the real, Berlin also used to be cheaper. When I first came, when I was 18 or 19, it was super cheap. Like, I remember going to Friedrichshain and it was still like warehouses and, you know. Yeah. So I hadn't come even to visit before I moved here. So I just moved. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, finding an apartment's not as easy as I thought yeah. it would be. <laughs> yeah, even like four or five years ago, it was already getting more difficult. Yeah. When I came, first of all, I had the same reaction to Berlin. I came from New York and I was like, oh, I could live here. Like it has everything I like about New York. Yeah. Exactly like you said, the restaurants, the culture, yeah. the diversity. Then it was cheap on top. Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly a lot of parts are cleaner than new york even which is saying something i know right new york get it together <laughs> whoa sierra has made herself a home in germany but her family has roots in another european country as well as western africa I was also curious to hear about the role Gumbo played in her childhood. And I have to warn you, it's maybe not what you're expecting. I think that my heritage story is very American in the sense that, so my mom was adopted, but her family are from Sweden. So she's like a first gen immigrant in the States, but she was adopted at six days old. So like she grew up with her, you know, her, her adoptive family. That's who I know. Yeah. We only know of her Swedish family through 
we like found them, you know, with like a detective and everything. Wait, she was born in Sweden and adopted by an American family? No, her Swedish family like moved over, had her. And then six days later, she was adopted out to an American family. Oh. Yeah. Like, so it was, yeah, it was, uh, we don't know that much about it. They, uh-huh. That side of the family doesn't really want to interact with us yeah. very much. Because I think my mom, it was kind of like a hidden birth, uh, you know? Okay. Okay. So they kind of left to get away from there. And yeah. Then- and then just, yeah, and they just kind of wanted to start new yeah. and not, yeah, just kind of, okay, get rid of the kid and then start their life. Um, yeah, kind of intense. So, yeah, so my mom's Swedish, though, uh, like full, full-blooded, basically. And uh, my dad's family, they're African-American, but they're, so my, they came over, where was, Mississippi, I think, is where mm-hmm. we found, like, the, like, the slave like paperwork because my sister kind of traced back. She wanted to know like where does my dad's family come from? And yeah, it turns out they were West African and they were brought over during the slave trade and they lived in Mississippi for a long time and then ended up making it to Missouri somehow. And then my dad was born in Jersey. But my that side of my family, they're they're like some of them are a bit more light skin. Yeah. So and we've done like a genetic test and they're mostly Nigerian, but there's a little bit of like European in there. So we think there was some obviously like with the slave trade, like inner breeding or like, rape of, of yeah. slaves and stuff. But yeah, so I'm yeah, mixed race, half African-American and half Swedish. So how does gumbo come into all of this? Because I really thought you were going to come in here and tell me about your like Louisiana, like New Orleans upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> Where does gumbo fit into this okay so we (laughs) okay we lived in florida um for years when i was a kid and that's i don't know why but it's kind of how my dad he always wanted to live in florida for some reason and when we lived there we lived in deltona so kind of what is that like 45 minutes away from orlando kind of like a nothing little town and my dad would always he was like a big cook we were dirt poor so my dad was yeah he was a big foodie he had this kind of weird thing where he always really wanted to impress the people around like we didn't have a pot to piss in Mm -hmm. but we would be eating filet mignon even as a kid i was like we don't have electricity but this steak is (laughs) mighty fine you know (laughs) lobster tails it was a bizarre thing and so we would have these cookouts you know every sunday with the people from our church and he always wanted to make like a big thing to feed everyone and so gumbo was what he would start making you know and we always used to love crawdads like since I can remember we would always eat them but the gumbo I think was a way for him to kind of show his cooking skills and kind of show off in a little bit of a way of this kind of more ethnic food than a lot of the people in our Mm -hmm. church were used to eating and stuff so yeah like I'm not from the south but I just lived in Florida for a long time and we would just have these every single Sunday five gallon pot gumbo cookout yeah i love this and he's right because gumbo is really something to make when you want to impress people because it is it's very easy to mess up like yeah 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 there's so many ways that you can go wrong with gumbo but before we get into talking about the ways that could possibly go wrong that that have gone wrong at least for me (laughs) in the past can you explain what gumbo is I feel like, like, hey, gumbo, you can have different kinds of gumbo. Mm-hmm. You can have crawdad gumbo. You can have shrimp gumbo. You can have like an okra heavy gumbo. But it's basically just a stew. Culturally, from what I know, at least, it comes from back in the day when you had like poor groups of of Creole people or African-Americans who were making stew with what they had. Mm-hmm. So it's like, OK, we got some some seafood, which crawdad back in the day wasn't like a high end you know, yeah. kind of seafood. And um, we have some rice. We have a little leftover sausage from the kitchen. You put it all in a pot. And you feed the family. So it's to me, it's just that it's like a Southern style um, Cajun or Creole stew. Mm -hmm. And then I think it can be 
I guess more Cajun or Creole, depending on how you identify it. Like yeah. For me, it's Creole, but that's just how we would cook it, I guess. But mm-hmm. I think depending on how you season it, you can kind of classify it a little differently. Yeah. Does your dad put tomatoes in his? No. Okay, good. I didn't put tomatoes in mine oh, either. Yay! Okay. <laughs> it's like a big internet debate about like, do you put tomatoes in it or not? But I read that actually tomato is more Creole historically but they're like big, big fights. Okay, <laughs> like interesting. I was like deep into Reddit, like reading like Reddit threads about people arguing over. Do so you okay. put tomato in it? Does he put okra in his? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for us, it was like the rice, the sausage, the crawdad was the, was the star of the show. Mm-hmm. And then everything else you could interchange a little bit you know like if we had okra he'd put it in but it's he wouldn't like not make it if he didn't have okra Uh, okay yeah yeah yeah. i know what you mean yeah yeah Yeah. and also same with the crawdads too because it's kind of like the crawdads are like an essential part but you it's also you don't always have the time or money to go buy like 10 pounds of fucking crawdads well (laughs) oh oh, i know what you're gonna say let me tell you a story about crawdads because we (laughs) talked about it at the brunch right and i was telling you how yeah they do have them in berlin all of this and yes at some point all of a sudden there were just like louisiana crawdads in berlin in tiergarten they don't know where they came from but they multiply like crazy yeah and so they kind of took over and kind of destroyed the native wait like live ones are like yeah 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 yeah. i remember a long time ago a few years ago there was this picture where they had like taken over the street in tear garden like in front of one of the amazing and it was like in the paper um (laughs) so they did start like fishing them and so you could actually buy louisiana crawfish in berlin amazing until this year (laughs) I see. I still don't know why, because I used Google to translate these German articles. It sounds like the crawfish have overrun like the waterways in Berlin. So they're everywhere in every waterway. And now the government's just like, well, guess they're here. Um, But somehow (laughs) there's like a ban on fishing them right now. So like. Okay. Um, it's totally fair. I think in like even when you said you could like you might be able to get them, I had a fingers crossed. It's Berlin yeah. getting seafood in general, first problem. <laughs> but they would have been like fra- I mean, also from like the from, Ber- <laughs> from the Berlin waters. Like, so like gross. Do what you will with that. But like they would have been local even. And then I saw that you could buy them online, but I was like, okay, that's a little weird, like ordering seafood. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm gonna buy some shrimp with the head on them and we're gonna pretend like Oh, with the head on. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like a few shrimp with the head on them so at least you have some eyes looking at you exactly that, exactly it's about the, yeah it's like the way it looks you know right. as long as there's some eyes some whiskers yeah and we're the gonna... little whiskers and then you gotta work to eat it so yes. there's a little bit of that experience in Perfect. there but what else is in gumbo oh rue rue is the number one place i feel like where you can go wrong um, oh yeah easy so it's just flour and like a, a fat normally you would use i think butter or like a, a what is it an oil but I want to say an oil without a taste. What is the word for that? Oh, I don't know. I use butter. You use butter. Nice fattening way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've always used butter in the past, but I always burned it. Oh, okay, every single fair. time I burned it. So this time, because now I'm like really into cooking. So this time I was like, you know what I could do? Because it has a high smoke point. I could use ghee. Oh. So I used ghee. Okay. Instead. So you get like the flavor of butter, but it doesn't like burn yeah, as fast. Yeah, yeah. Every time I've ever tried to make root, it just like... <laughs> was like smelling like burnt popcorn all up in here and so yeah roux is basically half fat half flour and then you just stir it for a long yeah. long <laughs> long time like constantly stirring so i stirred i think for like 40 minutes get uh, out oh yeah. My, yeah can i ask how long did you do this labor of love um 
I mean, the root was like the thing that takes the most okay. time, but I was determined this time to get it right. And the first time I made gumbo, I didn't really realize that I had burned it. Oh, until you had the whole thing together. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Because I didn't know what it was supposed to smell like. Or like I was like, okay, it does smell interesting but yeah maybe it'll like mellow out in the rest and it did not so my first gumbo was a nightmare that's so hard too because yeah you don't know until you have like 15 ingredients in right. a pot and you're like here this was three hours and then it's like it tastes <laughs> a little burnt <laughs> and you serve it and you realize oh no it's actually burnt but the the ghee was perfect and then i ended up with like a nice like dark brown where it was like nice finally first time ever that i got a roux right um and then what else is in there Vegetables. Do you call it the Holy Trinity? No. Um, Should I? Do you what know it? the Holy Trinity? No, you tell me. Okay. So I'm, learning, I'm learning a yes. lot. I also need to just add, I didn't make the gumbo. <laughs> My dad did. I was the recipient. You just ate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I feel like now I'm learning a lot, so yes. now I can make it. It's like a New Orleans version of a mirepoix. Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Which okay. is like mirepoix is usually what? Is it carrots, carrots celery? Onion. Yeah, carrots, onion, celery okay. is a mirepoix. And then a holy trinity is actually celery, onion, and bell pepper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they would call it. And that's usually also like the base. You throw that into the the roux. And then you just add like stock to the pot to like make the stew. And you, then you would add all of your seafood and your sausage or your chicken and this kind of stuff. And one time I accidentally made a shrimp stock and it was like super easy. And so I made also a shrimp yeah. stock. Okay, that sounds really good. It's like I made it. I, don't, I forgot what I was making, but then I just like put some water, the shells in water and I tasted it. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I just made a stock. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's also in there. And I think that's it. It's actually. Is well, there rice? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's rice. Oh, because I was like, oh, no, girl. No, no. There's rice on the side. <laughs> and honestly, after the roux, rice is like the hardest thing for me to make because I always mess up rice. We got a rice cooker in my household. Yeah, it's it's I was very against this because I know how to cook rice in a pot. Uh -huh. But my boyfriend can't for the life of him. Same. He yeah, it's and every time it's yeah, it's like it's mushy or it's burnt or it's horrible. He finally gets a rice cooker. I'm like boycotting this, like <laughs> learn how to cook. I used it for the first time last week. Oh my god. <laughs> You don't have to do anything and the rice is fucking perfect. We definitely need one because now both of us are bad at rice. So we always buy the microwave rice. No. Like, it's what? so expensive also per serving. Your cooking skills though, you are making, you're making gumbo from scratch. I'm making shrimp stock <laughs> and I can't make rice. <laughs> but the girl cannot make rice. Oh my God. And I'm not gonna lie, I had to cheat today too. And I use like the bag rice. <laughs> it's like already in the bag and you just boil it for 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, at least it's good to know like everyone has their one thing, you know? Rice, but rice <laughs> kicks my ass. So, I mean, I hope I didn't mess up this. Yeah, exactly. As we're talking before rice. we've tried the rice. <laughs> I know because I, I was in a rush, so I didn't even check it. But I think it's OK. Let's see in a second. So you never have made gumbo. No, I've never made it myself. OK. Mm -mm. I've like helped in the way that a child helps, you know, like I've like thrown the crawdads in the yeah, pot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've never actually because also, I mean, when I when I stopped living with my dad, it was kind of a clear break and you know I was like a teenager and very much like I'm living in Seattle now yeah with my cool white friends and I'm doing other stuff and so I'm eating avocados <laughs> I have avocados for breakfast <laughs> so yeah I didn't I kind of moved past it and then but that's also why when you were like okay I can make gumbo I was like oh my god this yeah. is uh yeah yes yeah. so are you ready I'm so ready ich bin okay. bereit du bist bereit okay <laughs> there's also even okra in it oh. because the Asian supermarket is also my plug for okra if okay. anyone's ever looking for it. I am so ready. Okay. 
Okay. I'm gonna serve you this and then I will keep cooking the shawls because I don't want the other ones to be overcooked. Oh yeah. Nothing works than overcooked shrimp. It's already not the finest quality. <laughs> <laughs> nice rubbery overcooked shrimp. My favorite. <laughs> Have you tried it yet? Um yeah, I did. Usually I don't before, but like I wanted to get this right. So yeah. I, I didn't want to have another situation where I learned it on accident. Mm, perfect. It's fine. No, I did try it. Um, how about it? We're back at the kitchen table, and that gumbo looked and smelled so good. We literally could not wait to dig in. So here you go, my love. Oh my goodness. Here you go. Um, Look at these whiskers. Put the hot sauce on the table. Oh. I hope it's done, the big, like the, the head ones, but. They look pink to me. Yet not, there's plenty of the other ones to go around. Um, yeah, it looks good to me. Can you turn this off? There's also more rice. Okay, I dipped my finger in already. Oh, it's so oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You couldn't wait. I guess. <laughs> I, did. I do this too, though. Just a little. <laughs> yeah. What am I getting? To also know, like, how should I react? Exactly. It's if it's bad, <laughs> I, I need to prepare myself. Oh, wait, the hot sauce. I'm like, mmm, amazing. <laughs> Honestly, like this, I always try to tell everybody that, like, if it's not good, I mean, oh, don't yes. like root beer shreds, please. But, like, yeah, you're like, meet the pie. Meet let the me know that this is not how dad used to make it. Like, oh, totally fine. So, cheers. First cheers. of all, and yeah, thank you, you again for coming over. I know we're so far apart. <laughs> it's so good. Stop. No, really, it's good. I mean, like you said, there's just like a core flavor of gumbo. Yeah, there's like variables you can like change out, but the core flavor, mm -hmm. boom, it's that roux. It <laughs> I'm gonna put a little hot sauce though. Oh, I had like some green onion to go on top too, but that was mostly for color. But I can mm -mm. get a little sprinkle. Keep um, my food beige and brown. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, this is so good. But I have to say, this is the second time I bought this andouille sausage, and it's always like really dry. I don't think they know what they're doing. Where, where'd you get it from? I'm not going to shame them officially on the podcast, but for this room, I got it from. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're like, usually his sausages are on point, mm -hmm. but this is the second time I had the andouille and it's all right. Last time I overcooked it was my fault. <laughs> it's dry. It was so dry. <laughs> it was like crumbling. <laughs> and then I went there and I asked her and she was like, well, how long did you cook it for? And I didn't know that it was already cooked because it looks super raw. When you buy it, oh. but it's pre-cooked, but I think I still overcooked it. Also, I feel like it could be like, or maybe it's just our palate and what we're maybe used to with the style of cooking, but it could be spicier. The, and the andouille oh, sausage. Oh, yeah, definitely. Could the be sausage spicier. has a German yeah. style to it, you know, mm -hmm. where it's, it's very, it's tasteful, but yeah, it's not spicy. <laughs> it's got like a little kick, but yeah, there's yeah. no like spice to it. I even asked her, I was like, okay, so if I cook it like gently, will it still be juicy? And she was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk down on them because, like, they do have really great sausages usually. <laughs> but the andouille, mm. Mm. It's just, this is really good. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy right now. I feel I have to call my siblings after this. Yeah? Yeah, really. I let them all know. Like, my friend's going to make gumbo like dad used to make, you know? And Aww. it's so funny. Like, 
they're both very excited, but very, you know, yet cautious. Like, okay. Yeah. How's she making it? Let us know. That's how I react to, honestly. <laughs> I saw this comment on Reddit and it was like, I don't want your gumbo recipe unless it comes from somebody named like Mama, or like Big Mama. Like if it don't come from Mama or Big Mama, I don't want it. I don't want your New York Times recipe. I don't want your like Bon Appetit recipe. For real though. I've actually looked up some recipes for gumbo. Yeah, where they're very like home cooking style, whatever. And it's kind of just like white rice. Like, yeah, yeah can of tomatoes. And it's soup, yeah. yeah. And then it's <laughs> exactly. like soup. This is really something that you don't even need a recipe for because if you always know that the roux is one-to-one, -one, then everything else is as you like it. Right? Well, I think that's also like the history of a dish like gumbo, like we talked about earlier, where it's really throwing what you have into a pot. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, like if you have the base taste, the base foundation, kind of the fun of it is, yeah, like what's your family specific yeah. that you use or what you... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, what do you have in that moment? Which I think is really cool. Yeah, and this is exactly what makes me a little bit, not angry, because that's extreme, but, like, annoyed <laughs> by these internet discussions. Mm -hmm. Because it's always like, you're doing it wrong, that's not how you make it. And it's like, no, that's not how you make it. But, mm -hmm. like, who's to say that, like, tomatoes are no tomato? If that works for your family, then okay. For some things, like, don't call it authentic. If it's not, like, yeah. you know, if you are using, I don't know, lima beans in your mac and cheese yeah don't call it original southern <laughs> mac and cheese <laughs> if you want to do that just do that but don't call it authentic or yeah. something yeah like, the original recipe <laughs> yeah like, but yeah people feel very strongly about gumbo this is fabulous well it's, it's also funny too because i've talked about gumbo before because it's a style of cooking my dad would do and and i've had people yeah just like what do you know about gumbo and it's always this funny thing where i'm like i didn't make up gumbo yeah <laughs> i just have eaten it since i was a kid you right know? and it's this funny <laughs> distinction of like i'm not claiming gumbo <laughs> not claiming to be an expert like i just like to eat it i just like to eat it yeah and i know what i yeah what i like to taste you know but isn't that funny with food food is so personal to people people really feel like you're either understanding and taking part in their culture or the opposite but you're like not respecting it or something and yeah can be a little touchy it's a fine line <laughs> it's really good i would only thing is you can make it spicier is it supposed to be spicy i think it's supposed to be a little bit spicy oh but also but also sorry internet maybe that's controversial <laughs> look at you <laughs> if so ignore me uh maybe it's not but i yeah that's why i put the hot sauce because yeah i wasn't sure but like how do you make it spicy do you know how you did was it just cayenne or that's a really good question, actually. Like, if you actually put in a pepper or... Yeah, what's the spice? Ooh, I don't know. I'm giving here, over here giving directions. I have, like, no backup for it. <laughs> I think your daddy was just putting hot sauce in there. <laughs> Literally. He's probably just, like, Tabasco when yeah. no one's looking. Honestly, that's very possible. And was the okra fresh that you put in? Yeah, it wasn't frozen. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And that was from the Asian market, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't had okra since I moved here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Like, every now and then, I just want to, like, eat fried okra. Yeah. Oh, fried's the best. Everything is good fried. Yeah. <laughs> but fried okra, <gasps> really good. Because also, it takes away some of the sliminess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, but also, I think in gumbo, it works really fine. With because the texture. Exactly. Yeah. It, like, m mushes in with everything, and it's really yummy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take one more bite. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> So how was like mealtime growing up? Like you split time between your mom and your dad, mm -hmm. like, all of your siblings. Did you like sit at the table together and eat or was it just kind of every man for himself? Like it was in my house. Yeah, it was a little more every man for themselves. Yeah. Um, when we would have the big cookouts, I distinctly remember my dad would bring the gumbo pot to the center of the table 
And then everyone would get their bowls and just kind of line up, you know. Mm -hmm. And some of the kids, we might sit at the table and eat together, but the adults would usually kind of mingle and just do their thing, basically. But in general, yeah, we were like a fend for yourself or uh, I hate to admit it, but a TV tray. Oh, yeah. TV tray kind of family. Like we're eating our meatloaf. We're eating our gumbo. uh, Someone's in the bedroom eating. Someone's at the table. Someone is in the living room. Yeah. Someone's standing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, we literally never sat at our dining room table. I can't remember a single time at my family that we sat at our kitchen or at our dining room table and ate like as a family. Really? Your face? I'm thinking like literally not one time, even like Thanksgiving, because it's my whole extended family, which is massive. Mm-hmm. Like there just wasn't no space for us to sit together. Like at yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Nah, never. It was more of like a decorative thing. <laughs> the dining table. We never mm. sat at it. No. When your husband's family is here, <clears throat> do you guys sit down and eat together? Of or course. It- yeah, okay, yeah. Every meal. Wow. Of course. Like, <laughs> literally, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll be eating at the table together. I love it. But then sometimes I think, yeah, it's also, it can be exhausting. Right? Sometimes. I don't even know why, but yeah, it just is. I don't know. <laughs> it, it always makes me feel like I'm in a movie. Yeah. Because that's the only time I ever saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> everyone, like, waiting. Yeah. And I know. I mean, it does. It's like a really nice like ritual, right? Yeah. That you're sitting, that you have this kind of quality time together. Um, but growing up, I also went to school far away. My mom worked far away, so like we would sit in the car with each other for like four hours a day. That was our quality time. <laughs> like we didn't need to sit at the table then together. My mom also couldn't cook, like to save her life. She would make sloppy eggs, which is I, w- I would call them because they were just disgusting, sloppy eggs. Or she would make slap yo mama meatloaf, which is what she named it. And uh, those oh. are the two things that yeah, we had sloppy eggs. Oh, slap yo mama meatloaf. They were both <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> is that why she called it slap yo mama? Because y'all wanted to slap Because you want to slap her because it was so disgusting. And she knew it. She was the one who would call it this. And she would feed <laughs> us this meat and ketchup abomination. <laughs> Do you know? you know the slap yo mama seasoning? No. Oh, so you know, like Tony's something, and it's like a Cajun Creole seasoning. And then there's one brand called Slap Your Mama. No, but I, I'm going to buy it and send it to my mom now. Yes, yeah, send it to her, please. <laughs> it's literally called Slap Your Mama seasoning. Slap Your Mama. Maybe yeah. it can make the meatloaf better. Maybe, exactly. <laughs> like, it's always like, do you have Tony's or do you have like something else? We always had Slap Your Mama. Slap Your Mama. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to literally Google and order some when I leave here. Please, please send her some Slap Your Mama season. Because <laughs> that's oh what I God. thought you were going to say, that she like put a bunch in there. <laughs> she would take just like, I don't know, discount meat in a loaf with ketchup. And then she would bake it. And then she would serve it to us in like in slices as if it was like sliced bread. Yeah. Hopefully it's- they release mashed potatoes. No. It was literally sliced. And this is when we lived in the trailer park. So we was in the trailer park eating sliced Slap Your Mama meatloaf. <laughs> like i'm happy those days are are behind us you know (laughs) okay yeah my mom it's yeah she was not the cook in the family and i think i'm a pretty good cook but i think the motivation came from from that of like Mm -hmm. that's not gonna work for me yeah i i think this is also like common that if you don't grow up with it you want to overcompensate a little bit just to make sure that you don't put your kids through that like exactly exactly because you have i have kids i want to have I, yeah, I want to be able to cook them food and have them have positive memories of right. cooking and not have this exact situation in 20 years where they're like yeah. telling their friend on a podcast, my mom is a terrible cook. But we do acknowledge that they did the best that they could. And we like, love them. Eh, definitely. <laughs> they did the best they could. So, yeah. 
I think that's it. It was super fun. Yes, this was so fun. I was so, thank like, you for coming. Like, thank you for having me. I was so like, not nervous, but I just kind of like nervous like, energy, you yeah, know, yeah. excited. Or, like, like, didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was super fun. Also, making the gumbo, everything. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? My Instagram for yoga is Graves Yoga. So if you're into yoga, check it out. Thank you so much. This was great. Yes, thank you for having me. I have to say, Sierra was kind of a dream guest. A great story. Check. Super open. Check. Funny. Check. Plus, anyone who appreciates a good gumbo is all right with me. You probably noticed that I didn't mention a recipe in this episode, and that's because this one was a bit of a freestyle. If you do want to make gumbo, I recommend taking advice from Reddit and searching for an old family recipe, preferably from someone's Mima, Mama, or Big Mama. On to what I've learned this episode. Gumbo can be tricky to make, and that's especially true in Europe, since some of the ingredients are very specific to Louisiana and the American South. For example, lots of recipes suggest adding something called filet powder, which is ground up sassafras leaves. Yes, sassafras is a real tree, and yes, it's almost impossible to find in Europe. Also, Patience really is a virtue when it comes to making a proper roux for gumbo. So be sure that you have about 30 minutes to spare just to stir the roux constantly. Speaking of roux, using ghee slash clarified butter worked beautifully, and I will definitely be using it from now on. Lastly, Sierra did her best to teach me how to peel and eat a whole shrimp like a pro, but all I really learned was that shrimp ASMR might be a thing. Okay, I'm taking apart my first shrimpy. That was really professional how you just... Oh, not my first time, my Because dear. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> twisting and like... I can do it with my eyes closed. I have an obsession with shrimp. Like, since I was a kid, I, I could literally sit here like... Like Marines putting together a gun. Like, give me shrimp and I'm like... <laughs> I wish I had watched you more closely because I'm, I'm about to struggle when I, it comes to mine. Because I... So I unwrap it. Like, can you explain? Mm-hmm. How do you? Oh, you got a second one. Good. Oh, I got a second one. No, you okay, weren't. I'm going to watch it. I already it. ate the first one that quick. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the time <laughs> that I said that sentence, you ate the first one. Yep. It's gone. <laughs> so I hold it by the tail. Uh-huh. Take the head. Pop it off. Like if it was a crawdad, I'd squeeze the juice into the mouth. Mm. But it's not, so I'll just throw that to the okay, side. Okay, you just had to add that dig in that it's not. <laughs> I told you that. Um, if there were crawdads. <laughs> okay. Then I take the tail and I pinch it off. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean pinch it off? Like, yeah, you pinch it. And so that the meat doesn't come with it. You just pinch and pull. Okay, a little meat came off with it. It's it's close. And then you just pull off from the feet area. What? You just pull off the... What do you mean from the... (laughs) Like, from the feet, you grab under the feet and you just pull it open. And then you... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Wait. Ew, that sound. Shrimp ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) This shrimp head squeezing. And you didn't want to get your hands dirty. It's too late, but it's taking you a long time. How are you doing this? You already, it's going to be digested by the time I get it. I can do six six more of these puppies at this time. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of Be My Guest. 
please be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Be My Guest and to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. I'll see you at the table next time. Bye.